And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap ladies and gentlemen welcome to the alliance guys podcast Woo! a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance and the United Wrestling Network. In fact, just go ahead and call us the plug because we're going to get you tuned in to all the news and information. Already in the chat, we've got Lamb. What's up, Lamb? Terry McDermott's in the house. James H. Jackson. Yeah, baby. We're starting to get this party started. We're starting to get this party started quickly, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, we, you can see we're down a man. He should be joining us momentarily. We'll see how that transition goes. Uh, Lamb, <laughs> Lamb pointed out where's where's DKM, and hopefully he'll be joining us soon. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm my phone's blowing up. Turns out people don't like it when you say stuff about the world's heavyweight champion. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so yes, this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We are your number one source, and uh, we come here every Thursday. It is our duty, no, 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 it is our honor to talk to you, the real fans of the National Wrestling Alliance, the ones who order the pay-per-views, who go to the live events, who buy the t-shirts and buy the hats. It is our privilege to get to talk to you about the NWA. They call it the hashtag NWA fam. And guys, I'm here for it. You guys have always been an important part of the show. Every week you're here, it just makes the show even better. So again, thank you guys for being here. Lamb, uh, uh, Dave Scooby's in the house. I see it. Got a couple more viewers in there. Uh, Say hello if you'd like. And uh, you know, we're here to talk about the superpower. Superpower. (laughs) And by the way, what's up, guys, in the chat? How you guys doing? I can't wait to uh, get in there and interact with you guys tonight. It's probably one of the funnest parts of the show, most fun parts of the show. So I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the show. And I'm sure you're looking forward to hearing what we have to say about the show. You know, it's you know, what's interesting about this is um, exactly one year ago today, it popped up on my phone exactly one year ago today. The, the three of us sat there in a Skype chat talking about the superpower, the last episode of the NWA's uh, show, essentially what would become the season finale, the, the 2020 finale. None of us knew it at the time. We were all very optimistic that this COVID thing would just blow over, that, you know, by June, maybe we'd be back at the Crockett Cup. And, and there was so much stuff that we were 
hopeful for. And, <laughs> you know, one year later, my hopes have been dashed, man. <laughs> this show has not been what I would call a great show. They put it behind a pay window, and all of a sudden, now the content isn't as good. And I'm being completely honest here. As a fan of the NWA, this pains me to say this. I take no pleasure in it. I I don't want to be the guy that says, ah, the NWA sucks and just write it off. Because there's so many good parts of this brand. There's so many good parts to the show. As As Kevin will back me up and if DKM joins us too, there's a lot of things that we like about the National Wrestling Alliance. However, the progression of this show just seems to be more nonsensical. The booking just doesn't make sense. The way some of their wrestlers are, the positions that they're put into doesn't make sense for those characters. I mean, at least they have it in the past. And it just, I don't know, especially with the the bait and switch that we got last night, I, I'm extremely disappointed. Um, or Tuesday night. Kevin, what, I mean, briefly, what are your thoughts? What did you think about the show as a whole? I thought that what I've always thought, and I said it off air, I have become and grown apathetic to the kind of booking and the type, the way that the characters that I love that are on the show, I just, I've come to expect them to bury them and screw and ruin it and make it hokey. Um, I used to wrestle for a show out in Oakland. It was called Hood Slam. And, you know, the show was, we'd have a few serious matches. That was sometimes a match I was in, the work rate match. But most of the match was just a bunch of guys out there having a good time, booking goofy stuff, and the show was just kind of a party. And, you know, not taking it too seriously was kind of part of what made the show fun. But that's how the show was supposed to be. NWA is kind of turned into comedy. It's, it's moved into the, for me, like the comedy wrestling category because of the way that they book the show. I just consider it comedy now. I don't consider it like really serious because they don't take themselves here very serious. They've got some great talent on the show and I would love to talk a little bit about some of those, that talent tonight because I think I think that it's it's important that, that it's understood where my criticism is being uh, aimed. Hey, DK, and, welcome know, to I the show. I'm going to have to run into those guys at some point or another. I don't want to get my wig split. If you guys Later. if you guys didn't notice, DK has just joined the show. Welcome to the show, Devin K. Mercer. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm excellent. How are you? Good. So we're just talking about how disappointed we were in this week's episode. Um you know, Ke- Ke- Kevin's Kevin made a great point that you know this has been kind of par for the course for the brand. So what? I mean, sum up your thoughts on this show. Uh, how, what did you think? How did you feel? I once had to watch the Double Wars Prada because you know, married man. Sometimes you got to watch those type of movies. And for anybody that's watched that movie the idea is that this lady has a horrible boss but she's not like a mean yelling screaming thing 
she's very quiet she's very calm she's very demanding but her line is like i'm not angry i'm just very disappointed and the show really saddened me because when it started off of course you know once again we had to start off with all this and I don't, you'll have to forgive me. I don't know what all you guys have covered yet or not covered. We we, we barely got not into much. it. Okay, so you know we start off with all this, and if we're going to go in deep with that promo later, I'll just go with that. Uh, we got a match for someone challenged for the TV championship. Yeah, it was a good match for what it was. I mean, you know, it it filled its. It filled its role. It, I was pretty happy with it. You then had the Saul Renaro Kratos uh, match. And again, it was the right match for what it was. Kratos went out, beat him up. That's what you expect. Hopefully this is done now. There was nobody else involved. There was no interference. So, you know, it... It was right. It it filled its role. No, it wasn't competitive, but it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, you know, some other interviews that I'd rather not talk about until we get to them. And then we get to, you know, Dane versus Boogie. I did not understand why it was a false count anywhere match when they hadn't even had a straight up match yet. So that's crazy. So, but I'm willing to overlook that. And the next thing was the stipulation didn't make any sense in a second way in that they didn't have any other place to wrestle other than either in the ring or right outside the ring. So, okay, that was odd. But now let's get to the match itself. It was a good match. The work rate was good. The t- they were competitive. Both guys looked good. Uh, not fond of the chair being used. As somebody says, you know, no DQ matches are lazy booking. And uh, false count out of count anywhere match doesn't mean there's not a disqualification. It just means you can pin your guy anywhere or submit him anywhere. You can still get disqualified. So that's, you know, again, that's a montage of modern bull crap. And so but the match was good. I was enjoying the match. I was into the match. Crimson comes out. He has a towel. We all know what that means when someone comes and brings a towel out. That's stupid. So now I'm going, how are they going to screw this up? And then we saw it. We saw... I'm out. Don't don't run it. We We haven't got there yet. No, no, I'm saying we just saw the stupidest ending to a match that I have seen in a long, long time. Since what, last week or the week before last? Ah! No, I think this I think this ending was dumber than anything we've seen. I mean, this is comparable for anyone who watches WWE, uh, Randy Orton, Arco, you know, doing the RKO on The Fiend and pinning him. What the? I mean, this was, this was just bad and stupid and pitiful 
and then this superpower that's that's the way it was built the superpower ran 45 minutes as soon as that match was done it was over there was no post thing or anything and my gosh we were screwed out of a main event with nothing said about it other than the opening interview. So I went from thinking that this was one of the best shows that they've done in a long time to the worst show they have ever put out. So let me, before we get any more into the show, I just want to show this. I I, I want to, I want folks to read this. This was in an article recently where I guess uh, Mr. Nick Aldis was interviewed and he says, when you talk about the NWA, you're talking about a company that went from a YouTube show in 2017, which it wasn't a YouTube show in 2017, to a multi-million dollar streaming deal in 2021. I'm pretty pleased with that and that's why I stuck with it and am committed to see the long-term success and growth. Now, first first off, 10 pounds of gold. I mean, I don't even know if you want to call that a show. It was more like a mini documentary series. Some of the episodes are literally five minutes long. Second of all, that NWA Power premiered on October the 8th, 2019. The show literally lasted from October 19th, 2019 to... Uh, like what May May 12th of 2020 when they stretched everything out that they could and finally put the final episode up and and in that time the show was had good moments the show had bad moments and it was all kind of relative like for the most part the show was a good show but that hasn't been what's what we've been getting lately. In fact, I would say it's the exact opposite. Once they put it behind a pay window, now we've got a multi-million dollar show. They're asking me to pay $5 a month. They're asking you to pay $5 a month. And you're getting nonsensical booking. And you're getting garbage endings to matches. And you're getting like bait and switch main events. This is the second time in a month where a main event didn't happen because of for whatever reason. And I get, I get why they're doing it. They're trying to be edgy. Ooh, strictly business. Ooh, they're going to throw their weight around. That's not how you make good wrestling. It's not how you do good wrestling. No. And, and, no, we're paying for it. Yeah. I don't... I, I sat there and argued with people on, on the, the Fight TV app while the show was happening. And I said, how is this good? Explain to me how this is good. And, and a couple of people are like, hey, no, it's good, man. This is good. Look at the storyline it's setting up. What is it setting up? Except for my disappointment every month, every week. Right. And I know that James H. Jackson says superpower for a first-time watcher. They would say, wow, I'm really going to see a nice show, possibly 90 minutes in length. And then what did you get? You got a standard three-match show with three long-winded interviews, and you didn't really get anything. 
Uh, no, I take it back. Mims versus Matt Cross was a good match. Camille cutting the promos. She actually stepped her game up like Kevin was mentioning. We'll get to all this in just a second. I'm just stating right now that this is not a fun show. This is a chore. If this didn't have the name NWA on it, I wouldn't be watching it. And I'm surprised that so many people out there are still paying for this when this is the quality that you're receiving. Five bucks a month, you know what? Championship Wrestling from Memphis is free. SWE Fury is free on fight. Ring of Honor is free on fight. MLW, I think, is even on fight now, too. So don't tell me that that you have plenty of options. As a fan of the NWA, I've never... I've never said this in the 20 years that I've been talking about the NWA. Since 2004, I've been writing about the National Wrestling Alliance. In fact, tomorrow is the seventh, uh, excuse me, the 14th birthday, the 14th anniversary of Alliance-Wrestling.com. I've never once told somebody, don't watch this show. But I'm telling you, don't watch this show. And if I can plug something else in there. I get really tired of the phrase, you know, well, it's only $5. You know, I can buy me two chocolate malts for $5 (laughs) and have a lot more happiness. But I mean, who says, who's saying it's only $5 to me? I've had people here in our own comments say, well, it's only $5. And certainly in the comments during the fight thing, it's only $5. like I said, I can have two chocolate malts and I'll have worlds of happiness, you know, for some time and not be so disappointed. I mean, the, the worst thing about this show was it was good until they just effed it up. I mean, that's offensive in a way. Well, I I, I, I would say the work, the work that we saw from Mims and Matt Cross was good. The work we saw from Slice Boogie and who I'd like to talk a little bit about and Jack Stain was good. Aside from that, the show wasn't good. I, I mean, I, I like to say, I think Camille was better promo-wise. I think that's like a, a high point for her. But would it be like a high point in terms of like a, a, a top caliber wrestling show? No. Um. So so, but to me, the booking for this, I agree. I'm not gonna sit here and like try to sugarcoat any of that because the booking was terrible for the whole thing. The Sal Renaro in the Kratos match shouldn't have happened. As a waste of my time, especially with the locker in they've got. When was the last time we saw Pero or Odinson? Like, give me that. I mean, for God's sake! And then you had the, the the Pope promo, and and what was that? So anyway, anyways, I'm I'm sure we can, but I know we're gonna kind of get into the the segment by segment portion, and we can break it down a little bit. But I I think it's pretty obvious to say that we we're all disappointed uh, with the way the, with the way they're spending our money. Dave, Dave Scooby in the uh, comments just said the free YouTube episodes were much better. Hoping next tapings correct the issues. And that's the thing, guys. And, and that's the only reason why I'm still just a little bit optimistic because I know I know they, they, they this was a, a roll of the dice, right? Because they set their recordings to, for content to last for like four months. I mean, uh, all of April, 
some some of March, all of April, all of May, up until June. So I guess that's maybe three months, but still. It, it, it's kind of a flawed uh, way to do things because if something's not working but you're promoting it week and week and week, um, you can't do anything to change that. When you know, like, okay, that was a gamble, that didn't work. Like, uh, on the first season of uh, Power, when they brought in the question mark, you know, the local audience ate it up. And and But if it, if it didn't work with the greater audience, I don't know that he would have continued to be a part of the show. The fact that it worked so well in that audience in Atlanta, they kept using it. Uh, you know, when they, when they got the reaction from TV, people were falling in love with it. So it, that makes sense. But again, there's been like three months and the feedback, you know, unless you're a sycophant, uh, it, it can't be all good all the time. And there's a lot of things there that have been going wrong. And I think that hopefully, you know, that's that's the only thing that I'm hopeful for is that when they get back in there in June in Atlanta in the Georgia Public Broadcasting Studio, they're going to have a coup d'etat. They're going to talk things out um, and they're going to figure out a way to make the show better, because if it just continues to be what it is like, I, I don't know. But um, let's get on to the show and we the Let- show. The show opens up like it normally does with someone holding the microphone for Nick Aldis. Joe Galley accidentally called him Tim Storm, which was the first of two slips that uh, Galley made on there. Um, Nick said, "Was it an accident? What was I that? I popped for that. That's it. Was it an accident? I popped for it. I thought it was good. Um, I love Joe Galley personally. Oh, same. Cool guy. I think Galley does a great job." Galley is the voice of the NWA. When they brought him on board and partnered him with Jim Cornette initially, that was uh, really, really good. Um, who, was the, who was the other guy though that was with them on the on the Hollywood tapings? Other play by play. He's had a couple of different guys. There's been Johnny LaQuasto. Uh, there's yeah. been um, Todd Kennelly. That's who I'm thinking. Todd Kennelly was awesome. Yeah, he still is. He still he is a good. He's, he's, Awesome, absolutely love that guy. So, All right. uh, okay. So Nick says Billy must be uh, wanting to go back to the Attitude Era because he sure in hell doesn't want to live in the Gratitude Era. I, I have to admit, I thought that was clever. I popped, I laughed, I chuckled. Um, you know, for someone who believes that the world revolves around him, uh, it would make sense that he would be upset that they want to crown a number one contender by doing a fourteen-man battle royal. Uh, feeling that Billy isn't very grateful for what Nick has accomplished for the NWA. I thought that was funny. It was a good line. Um, He says he basically carries the company and that there's 14 jabronis that enter the battle royal. They don't deserve a shot if they're just given that opportunity. And then all those calls right there, all those calls off the main event for the show. But again, the show doesn't respond to it. Like he said, you know what? Second thought, we're not doing this match because I want to have Latimer in the battle royal. And even said, I want Adonis in the battle royal, but, you know, Adonis is wearing a title. He can't be in the battle royal. Um, This was actually one of the better Nick Aldis uh, packages that they did. As far as I'm concerned, it was a lot more fun. Um, You know, he's getting cheesier and cheesier every week. The, uh, you know, I don't flip, I don't, uh, I don't flip, I don't dive, but I have this drip or whatever he said. All I'm saying, this was a pretty decent one. What what did you think, Kev? I, I, it, it, it's just the redundancy of it that I think it's like I remember back when uh, I used to watch WCW and it's like every week they open the show with NWO in the ring for like 
10 minutes or whatever and you're just like put a match out there like anything but the same thing and that I think negates any good like promo that Nick Aldis would cut because we're tired of seeing the same thing bad booking not a bad promo from all this just bad booking by just doing the same old thing yeah the other thing I thought I thought I thought this promo didn't make any sense I thought it sounded like it was dumb like the concept of it was dumb what does Nick Aldis gain from his guys not wrestling for the tag titles so they can be in the battle royal to possibly win and face him well like to your, to your point with the NWO angle it's all Kevin Nash Hulk Hogan all over again you know if, if Latimer wins the battle royal then he's just gonna lay down for all this to pin him you know I, I mean I think that's what they're going with it anyways well Latimer's the only one standing there that can be in it anyway so Latimer's the one there's only keeping one guy out of the thing by that by doing that and maybe this is a way they can drive drive a wedge between Aldis and Latimer, which I mean, I'd like to see. I'm not going to deny that, but it just—it's just a dumb. It's just dumb. And then not only that, but I knew, I knew by the way that I just knew this was going to screw up the main event. I knew it was going to because this is as as the the great sage. The man, the myth, the legend, Devin K. Mercer, would say, keep it simple, man. Keep it simple, stupid. Like, just keep it simple, man. Like, give us a tag match. <laughs> or, you know, give us a match in the main event, for God's sakes. Like, what do we do? What do we ever do to you to deserve this kind of treatment? There's, there's my opening promo. I didn't think it made sense. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't like it. That makes sense to me. DK, uh, your thoughts, please. Uh, to kind of continue what Kevin was saying, when I first saw him out, well, first of all, they're doing something that just in general I don't like. Okay, it's supposed to be Joe Galley and Tim Storm and whatever her name is. At Velvet the, Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Velvet Sky. I can barely hear her anyway, so. Uh, I, I'm not even sure she talks that much. But, uh, so, so it's supposed to be them at the announce table. Those are the announcers. But now, for some reason, you know, bald-headed Kyle is out there. And so, Joe Galley's at the interview podium, which he hasn't been at the interview podium since they started the reshoots or not reshoots but since they started shooting again so why is he out there he's out there so that Nick Aldis can push a match that's never going to happen apparently between him and Joe Galley because he's out there to make fun of Joe Galley because Joe Galley was the one that that uh, told him about the battle royal and so this kind of reminds me back on the, you know, they don't learn their lessons. This was back kind of with when Galley and Camille and, you know, Letter Talk and everything like that. And the fans sided with Camille instead of Galley. And so um, you're, not, you're never going to book a match between Galley and 
any of these people. This isn't Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene Anderson. Mean Gene or whatever his name is. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Okerlund. Is, Okerlund, that's it. Man, is, you know, we're not, we're not going to get that. Or, God, I hope we're not going to get that. And so, why do those two need to have banter back and forth? They don't. The interviewer's job is to interview. All right? Or, in the case of May Valentine, uh, smirk a little bit and get them with questions that all the fans are thinking. So, so, and then, for the rest of the show, he's back at the announce table and ball guy Kyle is you know, back at the interview podium. So, that was just bad. And what that really did at that moment was make me not want to listen. It made me want to press the mute button. And I didn't press it, but I did turn it down just enough so I could hear in case it said anything important. So, he's mad about the 14 people, and he's mad because the champions can't be in there. So, he's canceling the tag title match because... What authority does he have to do it? None. Other than he kind of, you know, there is no booker. There is no matchmaker. There's no nothing. But, you know, they just do things on their own. And so, you know, he cancels the match, which doesn't make sense. That's Kevin pointed out. It's not like both his guys can be in the thing because uh, Adonis already holds top. I, I was half expecting him to make Adonis give up the national title. <laughs> That's next week. Um, I, seriously, I, I was kind of going, is he going to make Adonis give up the national title? It's not like he's defending it, so, you know, they might as well just, you know, put it in a drawer somewhere. And, okay, like Kevin said, they started it this way. I don't want to hear it. It doesn't make... It, and my expectation was they would make a story out of the fact that he canceled it, that maybe they would change it to non-title or something like that. So I was ex- still expecting more to come out of that, which yeah. we'll get to when we discuss the end of the show. Right. I so, thought at least it was... I, I, I had these false hopes that it might lead to something interesting, but in my heart, I knew better. See, and... and- I cut- I kind of knew better in that there wouldn't be a match that took place, but I still thought there'd be something. Stevens and Kratos coming out and arguing with each other. Something. And and I'll and I'll be honest, I was very optimistic about the show. Anyone who's here in the chat right now was was on the pre-party. I was very pumped up about the this show. And I, I told somebody, like, yeah, someone asked, you know, the results. What did I think was going to happen? And I thought, look, I think uh, I, I think Aaron Stevens will still be tag team champion because I thought Kratos might churn on him or I thought there would be some other, you know, tomfoolery. When this happened and they said, oh, okay, the tag champions aren't going to come out, I was hoping that maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, Odinson and, uh, and uh, Paro would come out. You know, those guys uh, seemingly, I would assume, are still sitting there. 
And, and, you know, and, and why not th- give them a tag title shot? I mean, there's so many different guys on the roster that haven't been seen on TV in a couple of weeks. I think Fred Rosser's still there somewhere. Hell, why not bring Fred Rosser out? And Hell, why not put Tyrus and Austin Idol in the match and, and, and win the tag titles that way? I mean, anything would have been better than what we got, right? Right. Well, uh, let me tell you something. I bet Kevin will agree with me on this. He's, that's rare as those times are. But here's a basic rule of thumb for promoting something. If you do not give the fans the match that they're anticipating, and that's the main event and the big thing, you damn well give them something better. If you're going to screw, if you're going to screw them out of the main event, you give them something better. So that's like Jay was saying. If Otis and Paro had come out and said, well, they don't want the title match, we'll take it. Okay, yeah, now yeah. you've got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I, I think we all are. So next up... Yeah, we... I, I do want to quote real quick, one quick quote from the chat. Um... Sean Mega had a good one. He said, we, we need 10 matches at the pay-per-view to make up for power. <laughs> Hopefully they look well. Hopefully they let these guys wrestle. Do you, do you have any faith in that they will? Uh, no, that's a, that's kind of what I've run into, is that even like the suggestions you guys are making about the main event, I still, I still have this awful feeling that they would find a way to screw that up. Our, our boy Ron so, Gibson in the house, I think he's in the house, he, he tweeted at the NWA and said, I will not pay for this pay-per-view without you guys giving us some matches beforehand, kind of echoing what I was saying last week. And Crimson replied with, said, and he said, this is the NWA. We haven't built your trust yet. And I'm just thinking, hell no, you haven't. You've done absolutely nothing to build my trust. In fact, you further proved to me why it's a better idea that I hang on to my $20 because I think I'll spend my $20 better than you will at this point. Right, but uh, right. moving right along, we get Mims versus Matt Cross. Uh, this is called they they call these a TV qualifying match, a TV title qualifying match, and I I don't like that name. And and I know this is nitpicking. I just hey, this is for a number one contender for the TV title or the winner of this match gets you know I don't know just it's just a weird name. Um, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, Mims, he's still young, he's still learning. He's twenty six years old. He's starting to come into his own. I, I wouldn't put him up on a high, high echelon of stars of the NWA, but he certainly has come around a lot in the last year. And uh, like I said, he's one of these guys that really took that COVID time off and made himself better in the ring. He's in better shape. He looks good. And I was happy to see him in this match. Um, uh, Matt Cross, I mean, this is a guy who wrestled Nick Aldis for the 10 pounds of gold back in 2018. He wrestled Willie Mack for the uh, national title back in 2019. He was in the first round of the uh, Hard Times pay-per-view for the television title. He had one opportunity to wrestle against Ricky Starks when he was television champion. I felt like, man... For somebody who's so good, and Aldis has said like his match with with Matt Cross was one of his favorite matches since being world heavyweight champion. I just felt like if he didn't win this, 
he needs to pack his bags and go because after all this time you know you got to do something and he he's far too uh talented to be used as a as an enhancement wrestler i i'm glad he got the win it, it like i said it was an okay match nothing was botched nothing was out of the ordinary nothing spectacular no shooting star press which was surprising um dkm what did you think of this match i thought it was good for what it was supposed to be you know number one contendership to the to the tv title both guys would be tv title level you know challengers uh, you know let, let's be honest pope is doing an awesome job as champion but the title in and of itself is a lower mid card title and so you know we're not expecting uh the you know the top guys to be challenging for it every week uh so i mean the match was good i didn't have any problems with it you know, again, we can nitpick anything, but overall, I mean, the match was the match was good for what it was. I was happy to see Cross win. I think Cross versus Pope can be a good, very good match. Absolutely. So, you know, it, you know, at this point, they they're still, you know, all this kind of took me out of it. But at this point, this the con, you know, the this match kind of drew me back in, and the idea of Cross facing Pope, you know, you know, you know, I was happy for that idea. Kevin? This was the only match of the show that didn't make me feel like I was in the Twilight Zone. I actually felt like... I'll let it let y'all pop for that. I actually felt like I was watching regular wrestling for once. You had two guys that went out there and wrestled. Um, kind of like what uh, DK... I'm not sorry. Uh, me and Jay kind of talked off air that Man, you know, like Matt Cross versus Willie Mack. Man, Jesus, that's... You're talking about five-star work rate here. Mims is not Willie Mack. Um, but the other thing, too, there's just something about... And, and, and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to prelude into my talk about Slice Boogie a little bit here, too. That there's something about the NWA that seems to be to kill good work rate guys in the ring as, as well. Because something about the environment of the way that they do their show, it might be the time limit restrictions, might be stuff they tell the wrestlers in the back. I don't, I don't really know, but is as good of a like a as we say, it was a nice little match. Um, you're talking about Matt Cross. You're talking about a guy that can like freaking blow it up, and you know a good little match. I don't know. I, I, I felt like, again, it, it was a good wrestling match. It was one of the better work matches I've seen in weeks on the show. Uh, but again, it just, it's like uh, we always talk about squeezing, getting the most out of out of your opportunities. And it feels like they just get as little out of everything as they can. It's very lazy. Um, not that the wrestlers are lazy, but if, if you're said, you only know, got six minutes. You <laughs> Six minutes, like clip the match, you know, like let them go out there and just blow it up, clip it to six minutes, you know, like that way you at least get the the oomph of a of a of a of a match where the wrestlers have a chance to really warm it up and and get into a story and and do some of the things like they can. Not saying that Mims could handle a match like that with Matt Cross, but you know, yet again, I, I, I there's a little left on the table, but as a whole. 
uh, it was a good match. And like I said, it's the only match in a while that I've watched that I didn't feel like I was in like like wrestling purgatory. Um, am I, Jay, I can't hear you. I accidentally muted myself. What else can you say? Okay. I mean, that's basically it, right? It, it, it just, uh, we're celebrating a decent match. That just shows you how good the show was. We're celebrating a decent match. Um, <laughs> next up, we get uh, another, first of all, okay, we get, we get the promo with Idol and Tyrus. And, uh, I mean, look, the, uh, when we s- start talking about nonsen- nonsensical, this was a promo that just didn't make sense. I mean, you got the idol talking about, hey, I like everything you do except for the fact that you're hiding and not defend. He just wrestled your man, like, what, two weeks ago? And he's he's been the most active champion on the entire show. There's nobody wrestling as much as him. But one thing I do need to point out about this promo was, whoo, doggy. You guys can't see uh, uh, Kevin and, and DK. You don't see this on your side. But for the folks watching at home, there's a, a, a photo that I just placed up of uh, from that from that promo. And you see Kyle Davis holding the microphone talking to my man, the Pope. And he's got a shirt that says Dream Match. And on that shirt... On that shirt is a photo of Nick Aldis with the 10 pounds of gold looking sharp. And the cross side of that is the Pope holding the the national, excuse me, the television championship. And by God, that looks so pretty to me that I think that's the match that I'm excited about more than anything else. That to me is the Eli Drake, Nick Aldis match that I wanted, you know, last year. That's the match that I think the NWA needs to make next if uh, if they don't do it for this next pay-per-view. I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was a, a beautiful shirt. Um, getting back to it, in fact, I bought that shirt, and I bought an extra one to give away. So we'll be we'll be talking about that when the shirt gets here. But um, the uh, idle comments on the Lucky 7 saying that, that the Pope only has four more victories to get there. And if he gets that victory, you know, this is where the part of the interview just didn't make sense. Like, he wanted to shake his hand. He wanted, I don't know what was going on. Kevin, you're a what? promo guy. Kevin, tell me about that. Oh, hey, Brian Rose is in the house real quick. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, Brian. Uh, what? <laughs> like, only the NWA can take their best promo guy. And bury him on him and bury him too. <laughs> That's all I can say. You I mean, got Pope like you have to do with Pope. All you have to do is hand him a microphone, say go out there and say stuff. That's all you gotta do. And you can't even do that. Two weeks in a row now we haven't got to listen to our guy go out there and, and, and blast on the mic. Which is hey, I, I fine, okay, like if I believed in that, that it was on purpose, like, cause they were like trying to do something. Sure. But I don't, sorry, that, that my faith is not there. I, I, I think they had an idea and hope that that was a garbage idea. Sorry. But, uh, and, and the Pope was, was the victim of that idea. His skills and talents were what was hurt by that idea. 
if you get what I'm saying. They have this idea, they already do it this way, you put this, go out there, we're gonna do this, and then, and then you totally forget about the most valuable commodity that you have out there that you're not using. So, again, if I, 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 I this is a head shaker for me in the promo department, because, you know, I feel like if you're paying for a show, you have a captive audience, um, you're trying to compete with other wrestling shows. You're trying to blow those wrestling shows out of the water and, and build a fan base that's going to be loyal and, you know, that's going to say your product's better than everybody else's product. How are you going to tell somebody who watches NXT or AEW to come over and watch this and be like, watch my stuff? Man. You can't. It's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of like the ugly girlfriend you don't want to show your friends that you got. <laughs> Not that, hey, my wife is beautiful, so I'll show her to any of y'all. But I'm just saying. It's something, it's like, it's like saying, like, it's just like that. It's like, and, and, and again, I, I can continue to stress, like, the talent is there. Last week, when I believe it was last week, Tyrus cut a killer promo with Paul. I mean, it was one of the best promos of the of the, and and they just it was just because they got out of the way and let the two guys go out there and talk. Yeah. And that's all they really done this week. Just let them go out there and talk. I don't know what Austin Idol was trying to say. I don't know. Ek. All right. Favorite Austin Idol. Uh. I have a confession to make. Uh Oh. When I saw Austin Idol come out, and I, him, and I heard him start to talk, I muted the thing, and I did not unmute it until after they were done. Because That's I, my man. I have no desire to listen to it. I don't know what anybody said. Idol never makes sense anyway. Pope wasn't out there long enough for me to think that uh, it was anything good. So. I have no comments because I did not listen. You made the right decision. <laughs> oh man, I'm having too much fun now tonight, guys. Thank you, DK. This is why I can count on you to be a real, a, a real person. We may not always agree, but at least I'm getting a real opinion from you about something. Because I, I thought about doing the same thing. But again, like I said early in the show, I've developed a certain sense of apathy. I've, I've gotten accustomed to being treated as a fan like trash. And so now I just expect them to treat me like dog crap. That's strong language right there, by the way. And treat my guys, my friends, some of them like dog crap as well. Well, and it, it's, it's just so crazy to me because uh, again, we keep talking about the level of talent. And, and this nonsensical promo didn't go anywhere. Did, <laughs> I just saw that Brian Rosa said, is it January 1st yet? I don't blame you, brother. I don't blame you. Um, uh, the, 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 um, well, so Brian Rosa is the husband of Thunder Rosa. That we know. And I'll, I'll let you figure out the rest. January 1st Bro, is the start of a lot of new beginnings. Ah, I can, I can gather what you're where you're going with that. So, well, thank God. Hey, hey, you know what? I, I'm ready for that because you know, man, I will I'll say it up and down, man. 
I, I could watch Thunder Rosa just put her out there with another good female wrestler, even a decent one. And she's going to freaking tear it up. People like that don't need, like, a lot. You know, just they're good enough to just put them out there and just let them do their thing. They're going to sell tickets. I mean, it's not hard. Well, It doesn't have to be hard. And, and, and Kevin, um, you know, our, our man DK said it almost every show. Thunder Rosa is not just the best wrestler in the NWA. She's not just the best women's wrestler right now. She's literally one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Maybe the best wrestler. And we're not saying this because Brian's in the chat room because we generally feel this way. And and, and again, we're having how many weeks of television with her not even wrestling? You know what I mean? Like They rushed to have this uh, uh, number one contenders match. What they should have been doing is building up Camille as a beast and allowing Thunder Rosa to do what Thunder Rosa does, and that's just have good quality matches and, and, and do this the stipulation thing later. Now, I mean, this we'll get to that in a minute. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead because um, that women's summit. We already, we've already figured out that we can fantasy book this show better than they can. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's disappointing. You know, it just is, but... Uh, we, the next next thing we get is um, Aaron Stevens in the back with May. This was the first time I really felt like May just didn't really put that into it. You know what I mean? Like Steve says he, you know, he, he basically he's churned a new leaf, which is what he's been saying since this big churn. And it, I don't know, it's kind of getting tiresome. It's almost getting to a point where it's annoying because it's like oh, I've turned this leaf, I've turned over. You know, okay. Well, the tag team titles are important. They mean something. You know, we got to show honor. The one thing you did point out was that um, that uh, Kratos is a mercenary, and he was for hire. And so he's doing basically what a mercenary does. And um, May asked him, you know, how do you really feel? Which was just a, I don't know, the questioning didn't make any sense for what he was talking about anyways. And he said, you know, he basically just implies that he hopes that Kratos will change his mind and change his demeanor. But uh, again, this was kind of a throwaway segment. Kev, what did you think? I, I mean, kind of the same. Throw away, throw it away. Uh, I, I, I really feel like, yet again, you have two really talented people that are being constrained by their booking. I would have, this just let's imagine the third degree black belt Aaron Stevens. And the, the way, I mean, he was great, dude. I miss that character big time, more and more every week. Um, but just imagine that character in May Young, May, May Young, May Valentine, um, you know. <laughs> you're welcome for that mental image if that's what you got out of that. Uh, but no, I, I would like to. I would like to see those two go back and forth because that would actually be really fun to see. This was taking, this is like taking a very good, what they're doing with Stevens right now is like taking a very good character that they built into something. They helped build this. Of course, he did all the hard work, but they gave him the platform and he built something and it's like, it's been totally destroyed. And I loved that character. In fact, it was one of my favorite characters in wrestling at the time when, when he was doing it, uh, which is saying a lot. So, yeah, a throwaway segment, but it's kind of back to the what might have been. DK, was this a muted episode, uh, a muted segment for you? 
it wasn't muted, but he said nothing that made me care. I mean, the only thing that I found interesting was like when he was saying, oh, you know, Kronos and I aren't even friends, you know, it's no secret. He goes like, I just hired him as a mercenary. Well, maybe you need to up his salary or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great point. You know, keep him on your side or something. I, I hate tag team splits when the team are the champion. I, I've seen it too much. I've never liked it. You know, let the you know let the champions be a team, and if you're not going to, then get the titles off of them. Uh, the interview was nothing. It was a puff of air. Huh. Yeah. Well, cheap plug right here for uh, one of my favorite Instagram accounts, uh, the Cement Factory. If you haven't ever checked them out, uh, it's a it's a Christian uh, bodybuilding, uh, not dietitian nutrition specialist guy, and he works with a lot of the guys in the WWE and ROH and that kind of thing. He's transformed their bodies. Like if you look at Elias or um, Tommaso Ciampa. Moves. Some of these guys are in crazy shape, and a lot of them work with this guy. He's out in Orlando, just north of where I live, and I feel like Aaron Stevens and Kratos need to get. A, they need to call the guys in Smith Factory and get on one of those diets, man. <laughs> I will say this about uh, Stevens, and he's been uh, posting a lot on his social media that he's on one of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, what is it called, food prep diets where they deliver the, the healthier food to him and, and that he's, you know, posting stuff of himself in the gym, you know, training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and, and more Muay Thai and stuff like that. So at least for that, I, I feel like at least he's trying. Because, again, we're watching stuff from like six or eight weeks ago. So, I, right. I mean, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. One thing we don't know about this NWA, one thing we don't know is – how soon did they know that they were going to be back in the studio, right? Because initially they were supposed to have taped back in, uh, they were supposed to have taped in December or maybe January, I don't remember which, and that got kiboshed. And so they were waiting to find out when they'd be back in the studio, and all of a sudden it was, hey, we're back in the studio. You know, all this kept saying in the springtime, but never narrowed it down. And then we find out in March that they were going to be in the studio in March. So at least, like, you know, in terms of some of the guys' physiques, maybe they didn't have a lot of notice that they were going to be getting back to it. And Jay, look, time out. Sure. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Sure. Listen, I, and I know I mean this with the utmost respect. That mentality that you're talking about does not work for a professional athlete. Fair enough. It doesn't. That just doesn't work. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. Okay. My guy, Hammerstone, okay, got ready for a bodybuilding show in like four weeks. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. Aaron Stevens and some of these guys have been in the highest level of competition. They know because they know what other guys are doing. Because if I know what other guys are doing, they know what other guys are doing. Not buying it, just not gonna buy it. Because look at Odinson. Did he need somebody to tell him when to be in shape? No, you stay in shape, man. 
You're a professional athlete. You stay in shape. And when you're in bad shape, people can't tell you're in bad shape because you're in good shape. You're in so much better shape than the everyday person. Sorry. No, I mean, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm just trying to give folks the benefit of the doubt. You, you were in the ring. I never stepped into that world. No, not me. That's a privilege to be at the level that these guys are at. And you look at Crimson, he ain't half-stepping. You look at all this, he ain't half-stepping. I mean, you look at some of these other guys, like, what they didn't have any excuses. Yeah, all, all, this, is, is all this is posting videos of himself in the weight room, powerlifting, and says, this is what I do now on Sundays. And I think, oh, shit, you used to wrestle on Sundays. What happened to that? But I digress. <laughs> Next up, we get right, along. <laughs> right. Next up, we get Sal versus uh, or Sal with Kyle up at the podium. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Davis does such a good job of of trying to make me care. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of Sal Renaro. I'm just not. I know he's everybody's friend. He's May Valentine's BFF, his pal Tim Storm, Danny Deals. All these guys have been trying to help him out. He's not looking for that right now. He's looking to, 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 to step up and be a man, as Macho Man Randy Savage would say. Be a man, Hogan. So, uh, Renaro is, is going to take this match. He doesn't want any help. He doesn't want any outside interference. He's going to go out there and take his lumps. And, um, again, this was maybe just a throwaway. But, uh, DK, what did you think about it? Uh, this is probably one of the cases where... Kevin and I are going to disagree, but we're going to disagree where I'm more positive than he's more negative. I didn't mind the match for what it was. Uh, you know, should, we can argue about whether we should be seeing it on a show that we're paying for or not, but it was what it was. There was no outside. There was Hopefully this finishes the story. Kratos destroyed him the way he should have destroyed him. You know, I'm okay with it. It's not going to win match of the year or or be the most memorable thing on the show. And if this hopefully ends that story, then, hey, I'm good with it. Kev? I mean, I just didn't see a point in it. It didn't do anything. You know, we've seen it already. Then it didn't even further any storyline. And if it ended the storyline, that should have been very specific that now, hey, this is over. Uh, I don't think it's over. I, I, I have a feeling they're going to drag this thing out. And somehow or another, Sal's going to get a win against Kratos, just like the typical NWA fashion. <clears throat> but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not going try to try to hurt my brain by trying to get into their minds. But... <laughs> But I will say, I just didn't see the point in it. I'm not saying it was bad. It certainly wasn't bad. In fact, the finishing move was pretty awesome. I mean, I thought it was pretty awesome. I thought I thought a lot of the quality of that match was actually pretty good. Like, quality, it was a quality match. I just don't know, why is it on the show? Like, why are we watching this? I don't understand. Like, it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I didn't understand why it was out there. I, I will agree with DK that I feel like this might be the punctuation for it. Um, and, and Kevin, you know, they could they could swerve us all day, but it, it does feel like this is it. Now, now that'll give 
Sal, his his finish now. He can go back to the bottom, you know, and start working his way back up top. Maybe getting a, maybe he wins an opportunity to wrestle for the TV title. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but at least for now we can have Kratos either figure out what he's going to do with Stevens, or maybe he joins Strictly Business. I don't know, but I feel like as far as a singles wrestler, this is it until something else comes up now. Um, we don't need to have this match ever again. Um, again, yes, we saw a lot more fire out of Sauronaro. Yes, he really did try to take it to Kratos, but that ended very quickly. Um, and this, again, another uh, another snafu by Joe Galley. He accidentally called. Uh, he, there's a one point he says, well, everything's going downhill for Kratos. And, and Velvet Sky says, Kratos? And he goes, yeah, Kratos. But obviously he meant Sauronaro because he was the one that was getting beaten to a bloody pulp. So hopefully that's it. Because like you said, Kevin, I don't see where this can go. But um, Dave Scooby said the best thing about the match was Sauronaro's tights, which were, I mean, those are pretty sharp looking. Pretty nice tights. I hear that. I agree with that 100%. That'll take us to the Women's Summit. Brian Rosa's still in here. We're just going to go ahead and say sorry that your wife has to endure these uh, ridiculous things for the show. But um, she, she's, this is where they start off with Camille, or excuse me, with Thunder Rosa giving the uh, the promo, really, of, uh, of talking about the history and the tradition of the National Wrestling Alliance. And that was kind of neat to hear her, you know, talk about Mildred Burke and, and some of the obstacles that women's wrestling has faced throughout the years. And, you know, again, uh, to their credit, uh, Taryn Terrell kept her mouth shut, but she was kind of animated on the side, which kind of added to the, you know, how Camille was selling Thunder Rosa's speech. And then you could see Melina there getting fired up and passionate about what she was saying. Um, But the bottom line is Camille doesn't feel that Thunder Rosa is loyal to the NWA. And I don't know that I ever heard of a match where the stipulation is... If you lose, you can't wrestle elsewhere. It's a loser stays match, kind of. And it just, I've never heard of that before. So, um, you know, um, again, it was a decent mic work from Camille. Uh, Thunder Rosa, again, was very passionate, very fired up. I feel like who's ever trying to book this is, is, is almost trying to make Thunder Rosa the heel and Camille the face. And it just feels like a weird dynamic. So, you know, Kevin, you're you're a master of promos. Tell me about that. I, I definitely, like I said earlier, I thought it was the best Camille's been on the mic, which again is something I go back to with her that, you know, even in areas where she's not her strongest, you see improvement on a pretty regular basis, which is a good sign. Um and then obviously Thunder Rosa was was great as usual and she plays her character very well uh, it was a good segment I, I think it would have been a better segment if they didn't have the other two girls out there just because it was a little bit of a distraction it was a little bit overkill I uh, yeah and I, I mean props to Camille because she got some good some good one-liners I think I think again with Camille and she even stated it herself you know less is more her her presence, um, the less she says, the less she responds, uh, the more she just stands there and looks like, you know, 
the brick house, uh, I, I think that speaks for itself. And then again, back to Thunder Rosa, you know, I agree that I, I think that her kind of having that fiery, I'm going to lose my temper, I'm going to go off on you, I think that works for her. So I, I think that there's that, that that's right in her wheelhouse. So again, um, but like you said, Jay, it did. It, it was strange because it it makes Thunder Rosa like look like the the heel, and, and to me, it's like passive aggressive. Uh, it seems like a passive aggressive thing they're trying to do with her, uh, almost like the company's jealous. Because heads up, like like I said on the show, like newsflash, like it's a work. I mean, we know that you're making these storylines and creative control is the one making the storylines uh i i think i i don't think that, i mean i'm sorry if that's a if i just ruined somebody's santa claus moment but you know uh, that's the part that has me head scratching is that why we're breaking the fourth wall for this if we're gonna break the fourth wall let's break it with for something like cool you know we broke the fourth like something worth it like josephus you know like that's that's worth breaking the fourth wall, but let's go back to Aaron Stevens, for God's sakes. Let's break the fourth wall versus Nick Aldis and then go back to being a jerk, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. You know? <laughs> give me back what I, give me back my guy. Um, you know, but I, I, I think like this is not a, I don't think it's appropriate if you ask me. It's just, it borderlines unprofessional towards Thunder Rosa because it's almost kind of like detrimental a little bit to like what she's trying to do with her career so i don't like it i, I mean i don't mind stipulations but this is a little a little weird you know like i don't know i mean if you could even spin it like something i don't know there's no real reason to spin it it's just a weird stipulation and something strange to bring up on the show back in i'm back in the twilight zone now dk I didn't mute this one. I... Look, was it okay? Sure, it was okay. Did the other two women need to be there? No, they should not have been there. Uh, why are we having a summit two weeks in a row? Can I get a freaking match? Really? Can I, can I get wrestling on a wrestling show? And uh, Brian says no comment on the stipulation. Well, I got a comment on the stipulation. <laughs> Can you make yourself as an organization look any worse? Any worse than saying, than saying the loser have to only wrestle here. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I mean, why don't you just send Nick Aldis out and say, hey, I'm champion of a crap organization <laughs> with, you know, no real fans. We screwed Fight TV out of a lot of money and now we're giving them junk. What the hell? That, that is the absolute dumbest thing ever. 
Thank you, NWA, for admitting you guys are garbage. You, you are so bad. You are so bad that we have to have stipulations where the loser can only wrestle here because Lord knows they want to wrestle other places. Thank you. I mean, you have managed to prove all our criticism since the show's rebounded. I appreciate the validation. <laughs> awesome job, guys. You're freaking morons. <laughs> Jay, what was your thoughts on it? No, I mean, look, you hit the... Hit, it's so bad that I can't even talk. Look, you hit the nail right on the head with that truth hammer right there. Why, why, why would you... One of the selling points of the NWA to talents who are currently unsigned is hey we're gonna we're gonna put you in this bubble right we're gonna put you in this nwa bubble you're gonna have opportunity to build yourself up you're gonna have opportunities just like uh ricky starks just like eddie kingston just like tasha steels look at all these people we brought to the table and look at where they are now and you have those same opportunities why in the world if i'm an unsigned free agent come to a show when they're booking garbage like this I saw Enzo Amore do a video on YouTube or, 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 or was it Twitter and said, hey, this is great, you guys. It's five bucks a month. You should be checking out the NWA. I guarantee you he'll be there at the next tapings because anyone that's putting this product over, I mean, has to be on the payroll. They just have to because this, this doesn't make sense. And you got it. Someone as talented as Thunder Rosa, and the last two times she's been on TV, she's been in roles where she's talking about matches. That is a waste of opportunity. It's kind of an unknown secret that she is going to leave. You have her for six and a half more months. Why aren't you using her to build up your future stars? Why aren't you using her to wrestle and and put her, her good skills to help mold your future? If Camille is it, if Camille's the next big thing for the NWA, great. Then she should be working with Thunder Rosa every time we get a chance to help, number one, improve her skill set. But two, just put her in the ring with somebody her greatness will maybe will rub off on her. And I'm not saying anything bad about Camille. I really think she's a talented lady. I think she has a lot of opportunity ahead of her. But if we know that Thunder Rosa is on a borrowed time, let's make the most of it. Let's maximize it. I mean, give me a tag team match with Melina and Thunder Rosa versus Taryn Terrell and and uh, Camille. To me, that would have been a better use of the time. And that would have built more of that storyline than a second summit. Ugh. This is wrestling. National Wrestling Alliance. It's what's supposed to be on the marquee. And, and this show spends way too much time with nonsensical promos. So, okay. That, li- that brings us to oh, Jack yeah. Stain. Versus Slice Boogie in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Now, another thing I want to point out is this is the second time that Jack Stane has wrestled in a, like, no DQ Falls Count Anywhere match. In fact, it was almost a year ago today when that match aired uh, at the last superpower. In fact, if it's, a, it's not a superpower unless Jack Stane is wrestling in some sort of hardcore match. The match itself was, it started off really good. Very hard hitting. It made me think so much more better 
about Slice Boogie, and I really felt like we were getting that old Jack Stane back. Remember, Jack Stane is a grand slam for the NWA. He's held the tag titles with Rob Conway, the national title. He briefly unified the North American and national titles. He was the world's heavyweight champion by defeating Hiroshi Tenzin. This man is a is a nat. He's the national treasure, right? He's the guy who the NWA just doesn't seem to understand, like what he's done for the company in the past. Now I get it; that was all under different ownership. But at the, you should still recognize greatness and celebrate greatness. And for whatever reason, they just haven't figured it out. I, I'm gonna go to DKM first and let him give his thoughts. But Ke- but Kevin, I know you want to talk about Slice Boogie. We'll get to that in just a second. All right, my thoughts. Uh, let's get into it. First of all, I don't think it's any secret that I consider Jack Stain to be a friend. And uh, I, I really enjoy him. I've enjoyed him as a wrestler. I've enjoyed watching him. I've seen him multiple times live. And I like the promo he did the other day. Just kind of a big, tough guy. By this point, he's a veteran. I, I, I do want to point something out. When you look at the matches tonight, one thing they did right is in almost every match, you had a veteran in the ring with a newer wrestler, right? So you have Matt Frost in there with uh, in there with Mims. So you know, I hope Mims pay attention and. I hope he's listening to him in the, you know, back in the locker rooms and stuff like that. Uh, despite once being labeled a kid, Sarnaro's been in the business for what, 12, 13 years? Something like that. And so, again, he, he's actually a veteran. I don't know how long Kratos has been in, but I think it's less. So we got to, he's been around, what, five years? Less, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay. And so, you know, so we have this better new with this younger guy. And, and here again, we have Jack Stane, you know, guy that's all, you know, major NWA, all the major NWA titles, as well as some local promotional titles. Uh, been around for several years and he's in the ring with Slice Boogie who's been in about okay he's been around about six years I mean who's been around about two years or something like that he's actually although older he relatively new to the business so those are all good things that's what you need to do you put the younger guys in with the older guys so they can learn this match was a good match I was enjoying it I did not like the stipulation false count anywhere because there wasn't a reason for it. I mean, they haven't had a regular match yet. So the other reason I didn't like it was because there was no place to wrestle other than the ring and just right outside the ring. You know, it's not like, you know, they're going, you know, to restrooms or behind the thing or whatever, which is good by the way. But so why did we need that stipulation? It didn't make any sense. But okay. And then also, just so some of you people know, the fact that it's a false count anywhere does not automatically make it a no disqualification match. 
but you know now as somebody says mr cornett says no dq lazy booking we can do whatever we want because we don't have to follow any rules no it's a false count anywhere match that means you can pin them or submit them anywhere but you can still be disqueued if you hit them with a chair so it was a good match it was a hard hitting match i think probably one of the better work rates that they've had in a long time i think kevin would agree with that uh everything's going good i'm really enjoying this i mean up until this match i'm willing to give this show a pretty good review no i didn't necessarily like the promos but the wrestling they're putting on it's the type of wrestling that you know you know hey i like it it makes sense for the show it's doing good and i'm ready to give this thing a i'm ready to give this show a good review overall until i see crimson walk out because oh. crimson walks out holding the towel and i have no idea why he's holding a towel but i do know anytime somebody comes out with a towel it's going to be used and that's that has me scared so this match was originally set up when dane took a bump on the head to the curtain and knocked himself out for ever in a day in a tag match uh and now this match ends when dane powers up after having a chair wrapped around his neck he powers up he goes to attack boogie crimson's up on the apron dane accidentally hits him he goes flying uh pretty regular bump that is taken in wrestling and you know lots of matches on lots of shows and now crimson is knocked out or severely injured or something and so bad that dane quits the match so that he can take his brother because he is his brother's keeper so he's going to take his brother back to the thing so he quits the match he throws in the towel on himself and i want to know because I, I know we've kind of been harsh on slice boogie and kevin's going to talk about it and i'm going to tell you i'll agree with kevin has to stay here in a minute i don't really have an issue with slice boogie i do have an issue with the way he's been booked i have an issue with his name but outside of that you know his ring work that i've seen has been pretty good and so but who looks good does slice boogie look good for getting the win no because he didn't beat anybody the other guy just quit does dane look good for just quitting no because he just quit does does crimson look good you know the big strong monster guy no because a bump off the thing is now taking him out of action so your monster tag team have both been knocked out by basic moves that happen on any wrestling show every wrestling show and here's the sad thing we talked about this off air dane has not won a singles match in the nwa he and crimson have not won a tag team match on power in fact in their last five matches i think 
or whatever that one of them has been involved in, they've lost all of them. Uh, Jay pointed out they had two victories going into uh, the Crockett Cup. They lost their first match in their first match in the Crockett Cup. They lost here. Uh, Dane lost to Storm. They quit against Boogie. Crimson got hit by Men's. I mean, just who's who's looking good? Who are you building as your future star? Because ain't nobody look good. Ain't nobody look good. And and I just want to throw out there if if you want to build Boogie to be that guy, right? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, you know what? Jack Dane was the guy years ago, but now we're gonna make Boogie the guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Not my personal taste, but at least I get it. Then have him go out there and beat the living crap out of Jack Stane and get that win. Have him take a chair and smash it over Crimson's head. Have him be the ruthless aggression. You know what I mean? Like, do something to to make it mean something. Because just what DK said, it meant nothing. It did nothing. It was a waste of, of uh, you know, four minutes of a good match to end it with the garbage that they, they decided to end it with. Now, I know Kevin's got some words that he wants to use on Slice Boogie, so let's hear it. So, I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure. Slice Boogie doesn't listen to our show. But I do know that I've been pretty critical uh, of his gear, uh, of his tan, uh, and definitely his lack of interest here. I'm not going to rescind any of that. But I went down a rabbit hole, I guess, earlier in the week. Checked out Slice Boogie's Instagram. Got to look at some highlights of his other matches outside of DMW. And guys, Slice Boogie can go. I, I, he's, he's good. Like, I'm not saying you heard it here first, but you heard it here tonight. Like, he's good. And again, it just drives the point home that it took this long to get a little taste of what that guy can actually do. It goes back to the same thing with Matt Cross. Like, I saw stuff on Slice Boogie's Instagram where I'm like, this is what we need on NWA TV. Not whatever the heck. Because they, they limit the wrestlers and they take away their ability to do what they do best with all their goofy story life, their comedy wrestling. I'm going to call it comedy wrestling from now on. I'm just going to call it that because they ain't trying to put real wrestling out there. Not not the kind of wrestling that that, that gains respect uh, from from top, top notch. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but I learned that, and I've learned this throughout as we've, we've watched this and we've talked about this show, I really learned that Slice Boogie's really not the issue at all. And watching him wrestle Jax Dane, though I don't know much about him, first of all, he cut a heck of a promo a couple weeks ago. Secondly, when he went out there with Jax Dane, he wasn't playing. I mean, he wasn't afraid. He went head on into the match. He belonged in that match, which believability, as you guys know, to me is 
super important. And it, and he was believable out there. So, you know, and, and I, I learned more like Slice Boogie does better presenting his character on his social media than NWA does presenting him on a TV show. You know, just saying. I didn't know the guy was a champagne drinker. I didn't know like he has a lifestyle that he lives. You know, I didn't know all that. Like, if you're gonna build him, show me some of that. Cause it had made him so much more interesting to me. And you know, uh, again, I, I firmly believe there will be a time when he's not wearing tennis shoes or, or if he does, it matches a better, it, it goes with an outfit. If you're gonna wear tennis shoes, you can wear Jordans out there, you don't wear tights with it. You know, there's a, there's a way to present that kind of look and, and, and I think he'll put that together just because like, I didn't, you know, He's good, y'all. He's a good wrestler. Uh, his skills in the ring are second to very few. Um, so again, I just think, again, I, I'll go on here and say, hey, I apologize for being critical of his in-ring work because now I'm watching and figuring out that it has less to do with him and more to do with the fact that limitations are being put on these guys uh, in the back to not go out there and do what they can do best. Because you put a you put Matt Cross in a four minute match, you put these two guys in four minute matches. You got forty five minutes. It's not like you don't have time. No, you spend all your time doing all this other crap, and that that I think is ultimately hurting the show more than anything. And uh, like I said, I thought the work rate in this match was stellar. Jack Dane looked great. I thought the story they told a good story. I, I felt like. I'd like to see a little more strong, like a little stronger out of Jack Stane just because of being a little more believable. Uh, I felt like he laid down a little too much for, for Slice, and, and I know Jack doesn't have to do that. He does that because he wants to. Um, so I would say, you know, hey, look a little stronger in the match, but dude, you know how, you guys know how I feel about a couple guys going out there and just beating the crap out of each other, and they were doing that, so I was happy. Uh, and we've already belabored about the finish enough that it just I, I don't understand like I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish with the war kings they don't even call them that for one and making two grown men look like wimps because that's what they make them look like like a couple of wimps though I know they're not and I wouldn't call them wimps to their face. I would say NWA makes your characters look like wimps. Because I ain't stupid. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And again, like, I, I, don't, I don't have any horse in the race. Um, I'm not trying to be critical for the sake of being just to be critical. I'm just saying I don't get it. I think these guys are way better than they're being used. You know, if I can add on to that you know here Jay died we're sorry Jay we'll hold a memorial for you later <laughs> uh, you know look here are some things we want to make very clear because obviously we haven't been big raw raw guys for the show since it's come back and so it's perfectly clear I don't blame the talent they got a lot of good talent 
All right. So we're not blaming talent. I mean, look, I watched Slice Boogie when he was on Primetime Live and I enjoyed his matches. But I don't understand what they're trying. I don't care if they want to build him up. He's somebody who, you know, should be built. But I don't understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it because it's not building him because he's not coming across as credible. And, you know, and that's the same on the NWA and whoever the booker is. I don't don't care if the bookers, uh, Billy Corgan, Nick Aldis, whatever the former ECW guy's real name is. It's a Pat Kennedy, right? Maybe, possibly. And uh, Pat Kelly. Pat Kelly, or. Uh, someone's got me called Eckley. Uh, look, it's, it's sad. And I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm not really mad anymore, but I am extremely disappointed for those who've ever seen Double Wars Prada. <laughs> and it's, but you know, seriously, it, it saddens me and it, I, I'm disappointed because there's so much wasted potential and this show is the epitome of everything the NWA is doing wrong. They tell the fans, we have a superpower. Most of their superpowers run an hour or longer. This ran 45 minutes. That's basically what their normal show runs. For the third main show in a row, that only had three matches. And if you timed, if you timed the bell-to-bell action in this 45-minute show, I don't think you could get to 15. So I don't, think about that. 45-minute show and two-thirds of it was not wrestling. All right. And then, in one of the most insulting things they can do, this match with Jackson Boogie ends with the quitting, and that's it. They go credit. Well, I mean, Crazy. They, they didn't did exactly they? go credits because you had that look of like confusion between Velvet Sky, Tim Storm, and Joe Galley, like. What's that? What's that? Oh, they're not here? What's that? We're not going to have a match? Now we all, come on. I, I get that it's a work, and I get the whole thing is a work, but again, this is the most insulting. I, this is the most insulted I've ever been watching wrestling. This moment right here is the first time that I thought, Jesus, they don't care about me. They don't care about me as a fan. They sure in hell don't care about my $5 a month because they, they, they literally put up a product. They advertise that match not just before the show started, they they advertised that match on their Instagram account, on their Facebook account. This wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, it was a bait and switch. That was the plan all along. If that was the plan all along. Then, then you're telling me that you don't value your customers all along. And I, like I said earlier, I, I don't know the last time in 14 years I ever told someone, do not watch the NWA. But this is the time I'm going to say they aren't respecting you. 
They aren't respecting your dollars. They aren't respecting your your commitment, your your eyeballs. You know what I don't do on, on any podcast I do? Is I don't ever bait and switch. I don't tell you, hey, I'm going to interview the world's heavyweight champion and then bring in Larry from down the street. I don't do that. Or not or not or not do an interview at all. Right. And then not apologize for it. And I try mean, to do something like right by the fans. Like like if, if the whole plan was never to put on that match, then the match should never have been advertised. And if the plan was like, oh, we want it to look like strictly business is screwing things up, cool, I get it. Pull them out of the match. Then give me something else. Give me something else. Make me not feel like I'm an idiot for watching your program for the last 45 minutes because I wanted to see a tag team title match. I wanted to see a damn title match. And you stole that from me again. You stole my 45 minutes that I put my eyeballs on your product, that I sat there and tweeted about it, that I sat there and and communicated with people in the chat. And you didn't deliver. I'm doing my job as a fan. I'm paying my money. I'm interacting with your brand. I'm hyping you up. And you can constantly disappoint me. It's like that song, Why do you build me up, Buttercup, just to break me down? You broke me down again. And, and like I said earlier, if you got anyone here that's in the chat or watching this later, if you guys watched the pre-party, I was positive about the show. I was excited about the show because we're going to get a tag team title match. We're going to get this fall count anywhere match. And we're going to have the TV title match. Like this felt good. This felt like what the NWA should be doing. And then boom, they pulled the rug right out from underneath you. That is bullshit. As a consumer, that is wrong. And everyone who's watching this should feel the same way I do right now. Because you know what? I'll I'll tell you this. Dave Marquez never did that to me. You know who else never did that to me? Bruce Tharp never did that to me. Guys, this is is quite possibly the most insulted I've ever felt at a wrestling show. DK... Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Hell, I've I've never experienced anything like this. Never. I mean, not to the... I mean, I've had main events get canceled for reasons. Some for storyline reasons and some for, uh, you know, legit reasons. And the storyline reasons, they have always given you something else. You know, and in real reasons, they've done their best to give you something, you know, or they'll rearrange the card so that, you know, you're getting something. But just to totally be screwed and told, you know, ha ha, we got one over on you. Nick Aldis, I'm going to give you some advice. Get off Twitter. I don't give a crap how much money you're making. I do give a crap that you're screwing me. And I'm going to be honest. Okay? I've been honest this whole show, and I'm going to be honest. I canceled my subscription. I got till May 19th. Because I ain't paying for this shit anymore. Sorry to those of you who have sensitive ears. You know what I, I, mean? I, I actually, actually, it's funny you say that, because when I got ready to watch the show... 
I thought about canceling my subscription. Like I thought about, I haven't done it yet. Um, and I know nobody's gonna call me or send me an email or Kevin, don't, <laughs> don't do. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gym manager, and so uh, everyone that wants to cancel their subscription has to speak to me in order to cancel their subscription. You know why? Because I don't want them to go. I, I get one last shot to convince them I want them to stay. And I know the NWA is not going to do that for me. I know they're not going to do it for Devin. I know they're not going to do it for you, Jay. Um, and I think that I think that ultimately is what kind of makes it a little like, like I think that's another that's just kind of insulting too. It's just that you know I'm used to getting screwed by promoters. <laughs> you know. I, I, I worked, I worked, I worked, you know, especially early in my wrestling career, you know, you just kind of expect screwed by shysty promoters. Hey, the, hey the Kev, guy for, Kev yeah. the gate was a little light, but uh, you can take two hot dogs if you want. Right, right, right. So I worked for, I'm going to blast one guy, I worked for this one guy, Jimmy, down in like, I think mid to South Texas area, somewhere around like uh, where Houston Carson runs now, like down in the Bryan kind of that A&M type area, I believe. Dude was notorious for screwing you over. It's always made him send, after he screwed me over the first time and he ran out because we were going to beat him. I made him pay me and I made him advance me before I would even come to his garbage shows. But, you know, I'm used to being screwed by promoters. Um, I, I'm used to seeing this kind of stuff at the indie level. Um, you know? And I've said many times that I feel like the NWA is 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 indie. They just do a lot of indie stuff. And there's nothing wrong with indie wrestling. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a it's actually a term, not really about indie wrestling, but it's a term for when wrestling shows act highly unprofessional, like they should know better. Uh, so that's what I mean when I say the NWA is very indie. They're not. They don't run like a big company would run. They don't run like a very professional, a professional organization would run. Uh, they, they think they're bigger than they are. And I think that they think because of the name they carry that automatically they're a big time. But listen, you didn't, none of you guys, it's a, it's a like newsflash. Nobody, Nick Aldis, on that show made that brand. Nobody. That brand was made years before you ever got an opportunity to be blessed by that brand on your name straight up you're living off of a reputation from wrestlers in the past because when people talk about the glory days of the NWA sans Adam Pierce they ain't talking about you so I'm sorry but I'm, I got hopes. I'm going to stay subscribing because my girl Jazz is going to be there. And I'm, I'm holding out hopes. But I'm telling you right now, I know I know what, I know know what that Jazz knows what she's doing. And if I see this kind of crap out of them knowing that she's there, I know they're mistreating her too. And I'm out. You know, that, that's just how I'm going to be about it. Because like I said, I like... I'm a fan now. I got no horse in this race. I don't care if you get mad at me because I shot on your show, brother. Just what about the, you know, hey, hey, none of you boys on NWA has called me since I've been retired. 
Okay? I mean, I love Jack Stane to death, but ain't none of y'all calling me and like, like, hey, Kev, what's up? Hey, hey, I ain't got, hey, I don't owe you nothing. Uh, Jazz has. I give you that, you know. But, man, listen. I'm looking straight into the camera right now, telling you, like, man to man, like any of y'all, like, booking team, leadership. You did not make this brand. This brand is bigger than you. And what you're doing to the brand is embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. My two friends on this show are true blue, hardcore NWA fans. I have actually bled, sweat, and cried for those those three letters. So what you're doing to my friends is a joke and God I hope that when my friend gets there that you listen to what she has to say because you need help you've got great production you've got great talent but you gotta do better by your fans you gotta do better man because you got two guys here that have fought for you from before they knew me and fought for me and now you got these guys wanting to jump ship Heck, I followed during the dark days. And no, the dark days weren't dark. Sorry, pull jump. But <laughs> Jay gets it. Popped me. If Coco, if, if Coco, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs was on tonight, he's missing. But if he were on tonight, he'd get it too. But, uh, you know, look, I... I, it's it's just bad people I mean it really is it's 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 sad and it's bad we're three weeks from the pay-per-view the only match that we semi know is happening for sure is uh what the Nick Aldis I guess facing whoever wins the battle royal. That hasn't even been made official. That I mean, we have no match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not official. Can I jump in real quick? I'm sorry, DK. I know you're sure. saying so. I want to say something about that battle royal that I, I meant to say earlier before I forget. Nick Aldis went out there and trashed on the battle royal and all the talent that's going to fight in that battle royal to be the number one contender. As a champion, that's like rule number one. If you trash the people that you're fighting as champion, you ain't beat nobody, son. Anyways, DK, carry on. (laughs) Just to add to that, just to add to that, go watch Paul Heyman's promo before the Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns match. Because all he did for the vast majority of that promo was put over Brian Daniel. And if you go back and watch some of his other ones where he, when he was advocating for Brock Lesnar, he puts over the guy. About the only one who he only did it semi for was Samoa Joe. But I mean, when he put over Roman Reigns, he put over, you know, when he was facing Brock Lesnar, he put over others. He told you about how great they were, and then he would say, 
but they're not gonna win and beat my guy. Right. Okay. So right. when Roman Reigns goes out there and cleanly beats Brian Daniel, that's a big deal because Paul Heyman just told you all true. What a big deal Daniel Bryan is. Yep. And so, yeah, when you go, oh, well, there's 14 Jabberonis. Spent too much time listening to rock, I guess. Uh, you, you know, find your own cute terms. Uh, you know, look. This show, the champion, the champion, the real, the guy that says he's the real world's heavyweight champion, the guy that's out there boasting about the money they got, did more to damage the name than anyone except for Camille and her stipulation. Right. So, so his group, his strictly business group, came out and basically trashed the NWA. And then he's wanting to say, I'm a champion like Harley Race and Ric Flair. No, son, you're not. And I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan of Nick Aldis. Do we, and, do we change? Do we change the name from Strictly Business to Killing the Business for Real? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna start calling them that. I know there's a group out there called Killing the Business, but I actually don't think they mean they they, they don't mean they're really trying to kill the business. Strictly Business on this show is trying to kill the business. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap up my thoughts here, and I'm done with this we have no pay-per-view matches you screwed us totally on this show and you don't deserve or have any credibility so prove me wrong alright I'm done I mean, look, there's nothing oh. else to add. Kevin, yeah. go ahead, try. Try. I wasn't. I was, I was just going to start start telling the, all the people in the chat how much we appreciate them and the, all the fun stuff they're saying in there and that it, you know, hey, look, we want to like it. Yeah. I think everybody wants to. I think we want to not just like it. We want to love it. Yeah. And it's like that, it's like, it's like that toxic, it's like a toxic relationship. It's like, they just won't let you love them. They won't let you. They can't get out of their own, they can't get out of their own way. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. And again, I'm, I'm not in my life, in my personal life, in my professional life. I'm all about that positive mental attitude. I always look for the highs, right? When things get tough, you know, I look for the, 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 the good moments. I show that attitude of gratitude. I try to be positive in all aspects of my life. I've been to terrible wrestling shows and written reviews where I just focus on the positive because you don't want to sour anybody to a product 
that you know they're still trying to figure things out i get that the nwa is trying to figure things out but they don't need to reinvent the wheel they don't need to 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 get these convoluted overblown up storylines that don't make any sense and seemingly go nowhere and i you know i'm gonna say that's billy corgan i'm gonna put that on the owner i'm gonna put it on the ceo i'm gonna put it on the president the buck stops with you pal and uh, you know i know he'll never watch this and if he does he's not gonna he's gonna dismiss me just as quickly as he dismisses anyone else but this isn't a good product it just isn't and we look every week we look for the the the, the beauty of it we look for the good in it and it gets harder and harder to identify that week in and week out we said it earlier the best part of the show was a four minute qualifying match for the tv title between a guy who should be wrestling in the main event and a guy who's still really young in the game. That says something about a show that features this much talent, features this much good. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at The Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at The Alliance Blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.